0: That's where Questions. the The point is this. Who cares?
1: They're talking about it just before the rapture or just after, and all of the players are assembling now in Israel and the surrounding areas. How close are we? Let's go. Speak to you. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Israel is at war. It's pretty much
0: official. They've been... Uh, uh, okay. Interesting video you could say that we are at this end times like this prophecy of revelations i don't know so much about it don't know much about ezekiel or but there's a large percentage of the world's population that believes in this revelations and armageddon or the end of the old the bringing in the new so to me it, hey man look at this what do you got? You even bought me food. Thank you kindly, fucking gentlemen. Look at this, I just got some sausages. And eggs. And looks like halloumi. Hell yeah. Look at that. Try to find the camera. Yeah, life is good. Bloody gentleman. Not allowed to say his name because he's shy. But uh, yeah, I got a sausage here, some salumi, some bread, and some cooked up eggs. What's this thing? Mm. Mm, pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. So we're living in these times which are seem to be pretty revelationary Uh, and i i believe we are living in a time where we have that things are changing very quickly they're changing super quickly just like my mic stand keeps falling off sorry about this now attached to the table. It just doesn't allow me to cross my legs so well. Mm. Improvements. I'm looking forward to upgrading these facilities and having better better video recording, all sorts of things. Improvements. Mm. So yeah, there's a the potential that we are in these end times and the all the plans like the way we've been living for thousands of years have all been aligning us to this point so what is the point we're talking about like what is going to happen Like, this is there's a there is a percentage of people that think we're all going to die and then the good people will go to heaven and live in a heavenly wo- world reality and then you've got the other people that m- go on to hell because they didn't follow God the right God or the follow the right rules so there's a lot of p- there's a lot of people out there that are wanting in some ways like I can't understand like the end of the world they're wanting the end of the world to happen So then they can go to heaven Because they are the chosen ones But for me I believe that These Times of revelations Are actually Talking not the end of like The end of the world and They're, they're actually talking about The end of the old way and a new, new, more conscious societies happen. And you have to go through the old, dark ways. And so when I say dark, I mean lack of wisdom, lack of knowledge, lack of information. That, that is the dark. You're in the dark. You're not showing you're not shown the truth of the world. as we consciously evolve more and more information becomes available to us more wisdom, more knowledge more understanding of our reality that we live in and then when that happens we can start to create these different societies these societies that are based on love And there will be revolution in a way like revolution not not overthrowing but revolution of ideas revolution of ways of seeing as we expand consciously we also reach a point where we're a lot harder to be manipulated we question what we're told we also learn to See different truths. So you in the past someone may have said to you, This is a truth, and you just believe them. But now, as you are more consciously evolved, as our humanity is more evolved, you can see the in the people are questioning and People are seeing through lies so much better and so much more easy. Like I love that interview Elon had with the BBC reporter, who I'm sure is, would prefer to be nowhere would would like to take himself back in time to before that interview and refuse to do it. But it's such a great example of someone who was you know, you could say woke, but actually not really up to speed. He's he's he believes he was a a believer of what he was told. He never fully understood it for himself. Like he, he was listening and believing other people's sound bites. So when he went to explain it to Elon, you could see he didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know the truth. Like he didn't know he just he w- he was second-hand knowledge where of course elon is probably one of the most up to speed in the world now on privacy hate speech how do you how do you manage it because that they would have been talking about that for days and days in the twitter office like how do you manage hate speech like if you're seeking freedom, you're seeking freedom, so you don't want to limit speech. You don't want to li- limit hate speech. Even if you in a truly uh, free society, everyone is allowed to speak however they want. So, but I think you've got to, maybe a, you have to look at it in, in ways of what is the intention of that comment, rather than, like, maybe it is a truth, but we're not allowed to say it, but if if someone's saying it in a way to not cause harm but purely to educate and to share their ideas then it should be okay but if they're doing it to rise up uh, violence to show to set up bigotry yeah if, if it's designed in a evil light evil light, a dark if it's coming from a dark place if someone has uh, is trying to incite violence or if someone is trying to corrupt a loving system so I would say if someone was trying to separate the human species saying that one is better than another. But then I would say that that speech needs to be flagged as uh, like hateful. But maybe you can have just a flag. and maybe you need to have so this this appears to be hate speech because it's inciting. Uh, ...violence against one person over another. But you know, it's still good... ...to be able to hear these things. You need... ...like, we can't stamp out... ...ideas and thoughts and because... ...maybe there is some truth to one thing or another. Like maybe... ...when someone says... ...I'm being discriminated against by these people... ...in my country because they are doing this and this and this, like maybe that's, that's not seen as hate speech, that's more about educating us as to what's happening. So you almost need to have different categories of what what is the intention of that post, what is the intention of the tweet, Because I've seen a few TikTok videos, which I reported one, because to me it was inciting um, violence. It was inciting the Muslim people to become violent. And for me, that is not acceptable. But this is the balance. Because ultimately... You want to have a population of people that only, like, can hear anything. Like, they, they're consciously able to hear any statement made by anyone else and that they will be willing to listen to it but not let it affect them. Like, that—that that is the ultimate, that we breed, we raise our society to be able to withstand uh, negative, negatively intended statements. And if you can withstand them, because you know who you are, you know who you are. Like you've created each human as fully confident beings no one can tell you words don't work anymore insults don't work anymore uh, they can be used as a, a way to rise higher this is something that I feel that we that's what we train our children to be is to be know who they are and then you don't have to worry about hate speech because hate speech doesn't impact anyone anymore. It's just you understand that the person who's mouthing the hate speech is not in a good place. You understand that what they say, they're coming from a, a place of lack of in the dark. They're in the dark. They're low conscious vibration. They're coming from a fierce state. Maybe they know no better. And as Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like, we have to allow people to speak their words. But yeah, we can definitely have a flag. It's, and this is something that I realized that the community, was you have your people keeping an eye on the community so that's what and i guess that's the reporting mechanism that all people in in tiktok and twitter can use is they report a they see a video that they see as intended to create hate then they can flag it and that that system i believe works really well and but what TikTok and everyone else should should do is they put a flag on it but they leave it they flag it but they allow it and then it's up to whoever wants to be able to listen or not you can put a hashtag I don't want hate speech Um, and yeah you have someone making a decision you have a judge and you have a tribunal just like a normal court of law and you use your trial each video and you could do these trials like quickly online someone with a video that uh, is deemed hate speech or is banned they get a right of appeal they get prove themselves innocent and they get to hear the reason why they've been uh, banned. Like you could have and you got it's a three minute tribunal they just make the decision. And then you have a right of appeal maybe you get a little bit of time to prepare your case to state your argument that you're not producing hate speech I think we need to yeah you need to incorporate the court of rule and the judgement system on free speech but you you can use the power of like twitter spaces now you could have tribunals in there. And we could design a system that just allowed quick processing. Because at the moment, as I saw a video the other day by a friend on TikTok, and I wish I could think of his name, but he he was saying that he got a a video copyright or cl- uh, closed down for hate speech. But he he pushed it. He, he challenged it through the Twitter Pro, and they reinstated it and he had to go through it. I guess he had to prove his case. But he found the process quite uh, not, it didn't work so well. could be improved a lot more and that's what I think, that give people the ability to respond to their video and then at least have give people the time to uh, understand why they've been flagged for hate speech because at least if you know then and you know what what is the line where is the line and then people can choose to go over the line or not I did get copyright for the video yesterday for the background noise for DJ Monique but they didn't ban the video which was pretty cool so we might do that again here's my glasses yeah so that's a cool hate speech topic I never thought I'd be talking about that but it's it's definitely how do you design free free systems that don't put rules in place for social media like how do you allow total freedom because that's what we need to strive for and we need to tra- build our humans who so they can withstand any barrage of hate speech any any alternate opinions that might upset their world. We need to teach children how to discern truth from lies and we need to teach children to have critical thinking. We need to teach them how to question everything. Like That's what I've said before is like A child, the one thing that you should teach every child is how to discern truth from lies and to go through the world always questioning everything. Like, this is the new, the modern child, the new human. We have to question everything. We have to realize that we're living in a world where it it doesn't all make sense there's better ways to do things so by teaching our children to question and to always be striving for something better is the right way but it's so easy for all of us like we're living, this world is like a gauntlet, you know like the the labyrinth under the city and the, the path to get out into the heaven to the light you know you've got minotaurs down there and you got like there's always things trying to pull you off off your quest to get to that place the light there's dead ends there's so many distant distractions and to teach a child how to find that the right path is what we need to teach children how to find the right path where, they know where they're they're heading in the right direction. Like how many how many people have chosen made the wrong decision at the wrong time based on fear? You know they're f- fearful of having no money, so they <coughs> go against their intuition, go against their heart, go and go to shitty job at McDonald's, work there for three years miserably, but they're you know earning their money, go home, sit and watch TV. Where someone could have listened to their heart had no money for a little bit longer but was able to find themselves to find their passions and then they start painting or playing music when they've got nothing to do and they realise they love to play the guitar next thing they become they travel all over the US playing music you know there's we have to teach people how to make the right decisions based on their hearts and their intuition, their guidance from the Divine. We have to teach people to be confident enough to believe and have faith in the Divine. We have to teach people how to, or kids and adults as well, because no one's... not many people are there yet. But yeah, we have to teach people to love, to enjoy life, to share, to be caring. Because once... my belief is that by being in that place, that's how the universe... that's the normal state. Being in that loving, kind angelic state always seeing the beauty in things to me that's our natural state and we have the ability to stay there all the time and obviously there'll be events that will pull us out but being in that natural loving state is our natural state and so we need teach our people how to hold that state, that beautiful, full, overflowing state, and it's possible for everyone, this is the thing where most of us don't even realize that it's possible, I I only realized it's possible When I found that state Like when I found that spiritual place Where I have my joy I see the Amazingness no matter where I'm at Where I still have moments, days Things do still get to me Still pull me out of my That joyful place But less and less usually my weakness my weakness is uh, love love lost when, like, being in love and falling out of love that's my Achilles heel <laughs> beautiful women are my Achilles heel who, who want to love and but then if that love starts to disappear then I start to like wow! Well, I did in the past I would be I would panic I would uh, yeah I'd lose my space my, comp- my <coughs> who I am as a person because I could feel that love which I just adore like I love it I love being in love and I love the, um, you know, just the loving uh, a my opposite yeah it's magical and that's I think what we're here for is that's one big part of this existence is connecting with your opposite and loving in such a way that who knows what is possible to create in, those, in that uh, union. But to be able to hold a relationship like that, you need to have done your work because you've also got to offer that relationship freedom cannot cage each other in any way which has been the way of our past you know this idea of uh, caging someone you marry them or even as a boyfriend girlfriend you tend to like, and masculine have done it to women for thousands of years you look at how we create a cage around your wo- your woman because they're like a precious diamond like a You've just found this Rare diamond And it's yours And For me Like you start to worry If someone's going to steal it And That's when Fears and things get in the way And, and then the, the Deliberately Collapses the relationship The pressures The Yeah There's All these energies start to form of that fear of loss and for me it's uh, been my mother and my sister the dearest two women in my life they passed away when I was like 19 to 23 and uh, and so that was a very big I guess loss of people of two women so close to me so when I get into a relationship I fear that well I did fear that and I think I've now come I've passed through that. Because of some of the things that have been going on for my in my outer world for the last uh, last year, actually, the relationships I've been in have taught me an, uh, a huge amount about being able to allow your bird to fly, like a bird, the beautiful goddess, to fly away if she wants to. She'll fly away and she'll come back if she wants. And to me, that's true freedom, and that's where the power of a relationship begins allowing each other to be their freest and truest self and not having that fear of losing each other because it's a very powerful feeling because yeah when you give yourself to someone to love it's like you just want to hold on to that thing you don't want to you don't want to risk it falling apart but naturally your fear will make it happen fall apart unless you do something about it so yeah relationships, having that freedom when I talk about societies, building new societies I also talk about building restructuring the way that we live in society and that that means we have to talk about freedom of each individual and how do you how do those relationships, the masculine, feminine, how do they dance together in your society? And I'm very I've read a few books and I've been thinking about it for a long, long time. Because the system we have where we're basically told we get married and then that's it you're with that woman for the rest of your life she's with you and don't get me wrong there's some people who get married for all the right reasons and find this divine union like where that, that to me that's true marriage it's finding that divine sacred union together where you there is just pure understanding and and love for each other and that's when you can really start to build and create such amazingness you can have family and if there's love in the family it's so rewarding for the children and everyone around and I guess that goes back to the kings and queens and the kingdoms is the same if you have a king and a queen who are divinely connected their children are there, are the people of the kingdom, they will love them, just like the love of their very own children, to me that's the n- that's how it should be, mm. so we need to design or relearn how you manage your freedom of individuals in a society, like I, I'm all for marriage. I think marriage is a beautiful thing because if you meet your one <coughs> and you realize that you're each, your are the ones, then you can, like, it's nice to celebrate that. So you celebrate it by marriage. You have a ceremony and you invite all your friends and family and, have a good party, and it's like known, it's like, I celebrate this experience, how lucky am I, how amazing am I, how grateful, and what joy and amazingness will it bring to the community, so yeah, let's celebrate it. Sorry, I just realized there was a hum in the background. For some reason. I wonder what causes hum. The mic? Hello. Still a little little bit there. I just have to talk closer to the mic. Yeah, so how do we design relationships in in a new societal world? I, I do believe that you've got to have that freedom and that's something that men have to really learn that women uh, you are can't, you can't lock them down you can't put a cage around them and that, that presents some problems because when you understand women they they're like w- wild birds <laughs> like if you think about how a cat is you don't you can't cage a cat cat's probably the best example of an animal to emulate a woman you can't cage it it will do when it, what it wants when it wants right you try and cage it it will uh repel itself against you and i believe women are the same there's obviously some women that have been have higher tolerances of a cage than others especially women in the western world <laughs> All right women in the w- women in the western world have been a very empowered very individual, and I would almost say that they, they may have gone too <laughs> far the other end of the spectrum. Like a lot of Western women now, embraced their their very masculine. You know, they were very feminine, and then they were held down. And then once the the laws changed and thing and al- women were allowed to be who they want to be, then they're. They sort of went into the masculine more. And, and at the same time, men went into the feminine. So you have this balance of, out of balance now at the moment because you have these masculine-powered women wanting to find their mate, but that mate needs to be more masculine. They're looking for masculine men. ...who are also spiritual... ...who have found their... ...their power... ...but then... ...they also... ...need to... ...drop... ...that masculine energy... ...because if it's... ...if she's showing all this masculine energy... ...and he's... ...she wants someone masculine... ...then it's this masculine energy... ...headbutts itself... ...you need... ...the woman to submit in a way that masculine energy and allow that for the man and finding that balance and then you get that harmony of the balance the opposites balancing and I think what's happened also is that y- these f- very masculine women have met mas- uh, feminine men because the somehow that balanced well it did balance you know you got you got negative and positive coming together to balance but it's abnormal it's not normal and so one or two years three years four years 10 years the woman is very unsatisfied and so is the man the man's very unsatisfied as well the dynamics are all back at the front and it fails And everyone's unhappy and everyone goes and blames each other for what happened. I've seen it in my relationships where I guess I was more feminine in the past and finding my masculine, finding my spirituality, finding my confidence in myself. ...being in different relationships where... ...having ma- quite masculine women... ...like, not physically masculine, but... ...masculine in the way they... ...don't like being told what to do... <laughs> ...masculine in the way that they don't want to listen... Uh, ...because they have this... ...energy of... ...don't tell me what to do because... I need to prove myself. I know the answer. And this is an ego thing happening. You're getting years and years of uh, holding a woman down. That Hundreds of years, right? Hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe thousands of women being held down and not being able to express themselves. To express their femininity at least and you look at someone like Margaret Thatcher she's very masculine she had balls you, that was the joke because she wasn't she was woman but she hadn't embraced her feminine she had a husband who you never heard from he was like she was running the country her husband was at home making the tea like there was a complete reversal and so that reversal is what's happened with a lot of women in today's society, and now they're not willing for a masculine man to come and. They don't want to listen, not all the time. Get, don't get me wrong. I'm ge- not generalise. Try not to generalise, but I'm saying there's a an energy towards not liking being told what to do. It's a. If you, if a woman is to accept that her masculine partner is ma- the masculine energy, just allow that. Don't, don't, you don't need to worry. Just do what, uh, like if, if the masculine feels there's a need to make a decision, allow that. Trust in his judgment. Uh, that's, what I see is these women that are becoming very spiritual but still haven't dropped their masculine. They're not allowing that masculine to come in their partners because they've had a lot of wounding, a lot of masculine wounding. And that, of course, of course, you've got all these men from the last, for all so many generations have got no freaking idea about how to be a, uh to ha- how to treat a woman we had no information so you have got all these sp- women that are damaged from their fathers or their uncles or sexually abused or who you know like so much damage and then they've you we've they've had the women have had the freedom for the last 30 years which is they've just totally transformed and grown and like done amazing things but they've had to take up that masculine energy like Margaret Thatcher and so it's time now for special like for spiritual women to just drop drop that down a bit embrace their feminine embrace their their bodies, explore their bodies, like learn to love themselves. And we as men need to allow that freedom. We need those women to be free and to explore and to to experience the world however they need to, to become their higher selves. And during that process, that exploration, like you're together, but you're not. You don't belong. Like you've just got to know that there's. You come together, and if you're meant to stay together, you'll stay together. If you come together and it's temporary for whatever reason, there's lessons learned, things learned, but you just allow that freedom to fly away. It's certainly to reach that point is very challenging to me. It's been very challenging. And I think it's to do with that, that fear of loss my loved one, you know, my, my precious, my precious. <laughs> I don't wanna let my precious go. And I think, uh, I, you know, I see that. I see that in, in the world. <coughs> I see that around, uh, other couples. I understand that it's like y- if you're if you've got a beautiful woman on your side like I see how men behave when they've got their women beside them and there's other guys around you know it's like this you've just gotta be free trust in the process trust that life is working out the way it is and like if your partner meets another somebody else and they fall in love with them, we need to just accept that. Don't don't see yourself as failing, failing or anything. Just say, well, that my partner has been attracted for whatever reason. It's that's her journey, and knowing that there's you will have there'll be more people like this is the flow of life like if you're meant to stay together you will stay together but if you don't then that's fine and this allows this freedom freedom of movement and freedom of to find your true love as well because like I'm all I'm very big on being in a relationship and going full fully into it like full love love full speed ahead because I feel that there's no point for one wasting time and you can find out pretty quickly what's if it's going to work or not uh, why not find out but the, the, the problem the difficulty is is when you go in very h- hard like that is there's a lot of love and so if you've if you've realized months in or two months in that it's probably not going to work but there's so much love there that's the challenge it's like how do you walk away in love and so that is one of our things we have to learn on our journey but for me the, the, easy the thing that I think for my mental being able to let someone go and I don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not all there yet. It's still a challenge for me to s- to think of losing my someone I love so much. Because there it's just time for the journey to end. Like like I, I speak it and I know that's the truth. That yeah, it's cool. Like, just let it all flow. But when you're in it it seems like it's a lot more uh full on. And it is more full on. But I would rather... What is it? I would rather have loved and lost than to have never loved before. Something like that. Like, just throw yourselves in. But first you have to find that love for yourself. Like, to have a true loving relationship, you have to not be requiring anything from anybody like finding that love for yourself is the most important thing finding that love to be happy on your own even for the rest of your life like being happy and content waking up every morning enjoy in celebration of the day, looking forward to the day. If you can be in that place, in that loving space on your own, you don't need anything else. You don't need much. Then, when a relationship comes along, you can have it or leave it or take it. But of course you're going to take it. Because to me it's, it's like, ...someone offering you beautiful grapes... ...of course you're going to eat them... ...you take it, it's a bonus... ...but you don't need them... ...you don't need the grapes... ...I don't need the relationship... ...but I really like being in love... ...but I'm not going to allow that love... ...to impact... ...the love that I have for myself... ...and having the... ...the strength... To be able to fall in love so deeply, but still be able to say goodbye. Like, that's for me, that's been my journey to get to that point. And I actually think I've reached it. I'll let you know my next relationship. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so holding like how do we do freedom in relationships and societies there's a very good book called from dusk till dawn which i would like to read again uh by a guy who used to be on the podcast joe rogan podcast and he he taught he went around and looked at all the different societies and how they structured the their mating rituals how did they how did they how, what was their s- system? Did they get married? What age did they get married? how did they how did they structure it to make a the best society and like there was one that comes to mind is the uh, I think it was the Chinese where they had all the kids like at a certain time of year, they all just like went and lived in one big building and they were allowed to get it on, party, have sex, do all sorts of things. They all, and then the idea was that they just naturally found their mates and allowed them to play and they found who they were attracted to and they even got to have sex and they even got to fool around before and then they would find their mate and, the, and they had lo- one of the lowest d- divorce rates of any society. Yeah, who knows? But these are all the questions I have about how I, I want to know more about traditions and customs of, of ancient societies. I feel like I know so little like How did the Babylonians What were their celebrations Did they have a birth Did they celebrate a birthday Did they have a birthday party like we do For every time you're born What what celebrations did they celebrate The summer solstice Did they celebrate the king's birthday Guaranteed What was the significance Of celebrating the king's birthday when was the king's birthday? What, like, all these, the Egyptians know nothing. Very hard to know. I keep, I keep feeling that information has been hidden from us and subverted. That no, we're given, we've been given half truths, half truths about. Our true history, and we're just all confused. I see it. I hear it in like when you listen to archaeolog Egyptian archaeologists, even anyone talking about the Babylonians, and like you you can see they don't fully understand that what was happening there, and they're sort of grasping at straws to find the answer. And I guess until you like you d- you really can't explain those hieroglyphs and their meanings, and I would say the same with like the Sumerian ta- te- uh texts as well like who interpreted them who interpreted the texts to say that they interpreted them the right way? You really need to have someone who was there who wrote the texts or someone who was there that understands the society. Yeah. Yeah, like. how do you fully understand that society without being there? Like, books, texts, hieroglyphs, they all fall short. Words fall short. We need to find someone who wants to channel can channel these people and get the get their story about how they lived. And where well, yeah. are How did they have did they have more than one wife? Did they ha- did the men have more than one wife? S- there's some societies that have and that still exist. The woman had two husbands. Like the even the, like the Tibetans, some women will marry both brothers. Uh, and supposedly it's fairly common. I never heard of that before. And that, that, that is a possibility. That's something that's been on my mind about the ancients. It was like, just the way everything we know is always seems to be backwards. And maybe the ultimate system we talk about like societies is the ultimate si- society, natural system is to have. A queen with multiple husbands. Like, with multiple kings. Don't know. Fascinating. Because I do know the uh, Merovingians had four wives. And then you also, like, the sultans, they had a lot of wives. I don't think they were considered queens, though. Yeah, like... Think they were more like uh, prostitutes or they lived in a harem. I don't know if they were used for to help run the courts, but yeah, the Merovingians had four, four qu- queens, and I find that interesting because the four queens, like the card deck, and uh, you got the four queens and one king. What are they telling us? And then you got your jokers and your there's clues through history, and so the Merovingians. I know that there was one king who had four four sons from four wives, and the firstborn son was inherited, split the kingdom in four, a quarter each, and each son had a kingdom. Like maybe this is the natural using the natural system, because then what happens is you have the strongest king of those four his kingdom will grow the best and become the strongest. And eventually, maybe the other three s- submit. Or maybe there is a battle, but maybe the battle you don't lose too many people. I don't know. But there's this natural flow of accession, and, and you get the best kings. Ideally. This is where, I guess, the if the system's right, you don't get bad kings. See, look at the Israelites. They had uh, four wives. Jacob, Joshua. I don't remember the 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 original guy from the. Should I look it up? But yeah, he had four wives, which is very interesting because the story goes that, and he would have been he was a king, a king who had four wives. The interesting thing is that two wives were sisters. Let me find this. The twelve tribes of Israel. Very interesting story that also plays a very big role in our current world. And I'm only just getting to the into it because it's it's quite d- difficult to uh, know truth from bullshit because it was a long time ago and it was also I believe a lot of that history has been twisted. So, but yeah, there were twelve tribes of Israel. You could call them Jews. You could call them. Uh, Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains that, or maybe they were Egyptian but they were in Jerusalem, 12 tribes that came together and were together for quite some time, developed a, s- a very complex system of religion and worship and priests caste. like maybe if you look at the numbers they say like maybe a 500,000 people I don't have his name Anyway I think it's Jacob Jacob And uh, Yeah So they had the four Two sisters And then There was another two sisters Who were the It says the handmaidens Of the two sister Princesses So he had Four Women Four queens But two of them he chose Because the other two were barren Or unable to have children chose the handmaidens for to have children which doesn't make sense to me they would have been princesses but it's just like why has history twisted them to be handmaidens good question so what happened was those 12 tribes split and 10 tribes went off into the wilderness but that to me, those tribes became the Europeans of modern day. The Pharisees, the Tua, Tuatha De Dan, tribe of Dan, was in Ireland. This is one of the tribes. Like the, the Dan, the Danites left their name on all over Europe. And so the the official story is that the ten tribes went, were defeated, and or went. Into Ethiopia or Africa or went to all these strange places and maybe maybe that was true maybe some of them went there but a lot the majority of the tribe the lost tribes were in all through Europe Uh, possibly Ethiopia but northern Africa they went all the way around and so they were never lost and I could do a whole podcast on this, which I will, maybe tomorrow. Uh, but I guess the point is, is you have your four four wives. So, four queens, which is, maybe this is the perfect system. I'm asking, right? Maybe it's a queen and four kings. Maybe they just twisted it around. I did think about that. Like, if you, you're designing societal systems... <laughs> Copy the bees. Okay, so the bees, you have one queen that is queen for the whole life of the hive. I believe, I don't, maybe they survive three or four years and then die. A new one gets born. But the hives do split. Occasionally a queen will turn up and they split off. Like, what uh, is there a. Th- is that how our system should be too? And what you do is you have these drones, which is the masculines, the males. They don't really do much in the hive. But when it's time to impregnate the queen, all the drones from all over the area come together in a swarm, and the queen flies there, and it's up to the best drone to catch the queen. And she flies around like crazy, like going super fast. And it's up to the a drone to catch her. And that drone catches her and impregnates her and his sperm is saved inside her and she uses his sperm to impregnate to create the hive for the next, for her whole life, I believe. What the hell? (laughs) So maybe, maybe that's the natural system. Maybe the best man gets the queen. And the best man is the warrior who's got all the attributes of a king. You know, even me, I don't want to hear that. I was like, no, I want to be the king and then have many queens. <laughs> That's my natural bias. But maybe it's the other way around. Maybe that was how it was. I know in uh, if you look at the bonobo chimps, because you've got chimpanzees and bonobo and the bonobos have a different culture because it's a m- matriarchal society where the chimps are patriarchal patriarchal so that their whole behavior behavior and mannerisms and the way the society is structured is different like the the matriarchal bonobos they will actually have sex with the all the male chimps and they use it as a form of punishment <laughs> that if the male, a female chimp is unhappy with the the behaviour of one of the ma- he she refuses sex, and that's how she reward. It's a reward system <laughs> for them, <laughs> for the boys. And I mean, to be honest, that is a very real energy that exists in. In human populations, like if the, all the woman for a successful relationship is for the woman to adore the masculine, adore it, adore him, always, you know, majority, just adore, like you can see when your partner adores you. Like that's all the man wants. And, and that means that adoration means making effort, uh, to be to make love together, to cuddle or to kiss or to just have those moments of, uh, connection. Like you can tell if a woman wants you or if she's just sort of doing it because she's expected to. Like that is the ultimate. That's what a woman needs to create for her for her man. But if she does that like she can do that to multiple men. But right? it doesn't have to be just one. And that's really that's then that presents lot, lots of issues <laughs> for the majority of masculinity being like sharing your woman. I mean it's it's fascinating with uh some of the the scenes that are on at the moment, like with swinging and yeah, there's a there's a lot of people pushing those boundaries sharing, sharing their man, their woman I don't know, I'm not uh, because I'm a very big believer in finding that you're one finding the one that you can really just like spend your life getting to know and seeing what there is how deep does love and tantra and how does how do how love does how deep does all that go? You don't know until you try and I, I have a feeling that it's when you find the right partner it can be Yeah, it's uh transformative, it's enlightening. And so that's to me that's my ultimate goal is and I and I think it's our natural state that marriage finding your divine union is part of this journey but you with that divine union you've got to have freedom Right? it's up to the, your partner what they want to do with that freedom and if they understand if you understand each other then there's no way that someone's going to try and hurt you or they're always it's always going to be for the betterment of the relationship yeah yeah, it's a really interesting topic to see different societal structuring around relationships between the masculine and feminine. Mm. Nice, look at that. It's an hour and seven minutes. Cool. Well, this is sort of the structure that I want to do for the podcast. Is just general talk. I got. I wanna. I got a lot to share and lots of. Thoughts and ideas, and and I want to change the world, and I want to meet amazing people, and I want to share amazingness with everyone. So this has been my solution. It's like this is what I have to do: is create a podcast, get out there, and start talking, because I believe. For us to reconnect into communities again is the way forward, is the future, is the way that we heal humanity. We build these sustainable villages that are fully sustainable. Like You build everything, you make everything there, everything you need. That's the ultimate goal, is everything you need is made there. But it's all about building that societal structure that brings the best out in its humans, its population. And we're so, we have all that wisdom now. It's all there. And we have spiritual people that will want to make this happen and participate. We have creative, amazingly creative and dynamic people waiting for this to complete this dream as well and yeah then we build them we show how it's done we have a and then we build them everywhere we we the structure we can cookie you know cookie cutter once you get the what the design right once you get the society right then you expand and you just like the bees, you have this one hive. You build another queen and king, and then they go off and they build their kingdom, just like the bees. And then you build another uh, king and queen, and they just multiply. But those kings and queens have been in the community, and they maybe they met in the community, and so they like they train that you train them in those skills of managing or reigning over a kingdom and like that's how you start the kingdom you start with a village and if it's successful it will just grow out like more and more people will want to be involved naturally it's a natural system you create this amazing village town center where people can get things and come in and have a coffee and go and do some sound healing and yoga and just do all these things, it becomes a central hub. And your kingdom will naturally grow because you've got the right people, you've got the right resources, you've got the right land, you've got the right everything. And you've got the right society design with the right intention. And suddenly you have flowering and you have expansion of the these sustainable villages all over the world and they become central hubs of building consciousness and healing people and learning how to build kingdoms. Like we, let's change our idea on what a kingdom is because our story that we've been told is these kingdoms just keep fighting and destroying each other. Why does that have to be the case? We are more evolved than that and we're becoming more and more evolved uh, every day. And there's a point where evolved people no longer want to fight, no longer want war. And there's ways to negotiate. Uh yeah, smart people, wise people coming together can work it out. And there must be better ways to negotiate. Like, let's go, let's go on a camping trip together. Let's go catch some fish. Let's uh, go snorkeling. Let's really get to know each other and the problems that are arising and let's find a solution. Let's both agree that war is the very last step. And it's a failure when you reach that point for both leaders. It's a failure for both leaders to take their kingdom into war. If they can't negotiate, there's something wrong with them. That's what I feel. So yeah, we can... We get to the point where we no longer fight. So you've got maybe 10 kingdoms in a in the southwest of W.A. Little kingdoms like they're not. And I talked about this the other day trying not to upset people, the government. And it's not about being overthrowing anyone. It's just basically creating a different system where everyone's still welcome. It's not like we're creating crimes or we're not we're adding value to the world, not taking away from it. And so you have a, a relationship, or you have a understanding, you have an agreement of how you interact together, but yeah, maybe it is a separate kingdom, maybe that's the best way, to create a little kingdom. ultimately if you have your if it's your own land and you can amalgamate a number of properties together and you've got say 500 acres of land why can't you make that a mini kingdom it allows for creation creativity because we create a different system within the all within the realms of following the laws of God it's all about shining light so we're not confronting anyone there but that's to me that's the, the only thing you how you differentiate a civilization a society, uh, people's intentions what is your intention is your t- intention for good or is your intention for bad are you restricting people's freedoms or are you opening their freedoms and allowing opportunities for people to express their feelings their freedoms like that's there's it's like black or white in terms of good or bad dark or light What is the intention? And if the intention is bad, then it needs to be dealt with. If the intention is good, but it's doing it in a way that is new and uh, may upset people, totally fine. Because then you create these kingdoms unique. You create these kingdoms that allow for people to build these different ways. Who's saying a kingdom over here that's doing producing all its own food, but they they ascribe to a a system that allows for to have more than one wife or more than one husband, but everyone's happy. The society is functioning fine. It's not creating any problems for the the country next door or the kingdom next door then that should be allowed different customs different customs That as long as it doesn't harm people you know I, I'm, I've thought a lot about the, the burqa and the dress that Muslim women are told to wear and I, I can't agree with that because I'm for freedom freedom means allowing people to dress how they like allowing so this is the this is where you get into the issues with uh, old ideas on thought or old societal ideas and this is where you get you butt heads it's like well if there's freedom let's do it expression creativity but we don't we can't allow the old ideas of protectionism and bird cageism <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we have to know that we we are here this is heaven and it can be heaven when we allow freedom for all and when we allow for everyone to have a good heart and to respect their fellow humans. When that happens, there is heaven on earth. Hmm. All right. Beautiful. I think I have done my quota for today. Hour and a half. Nice. All right. Or hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for listening. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh we'll talk more tomorrow. Much love over and out, Brussels sprout.